The Behavioral Corner is produced in cooperation with Retreat Behavioral Health, where healing happens. Hi and welcome, I'm Steve Martorano and this is The Behavioral Corner. You're invited to hang with us as we discuss the ways we live today, the choices we make, the things we do, and how they affect our health and well-being. So you're on the corner, the behavioral corner. Please hang around a while. Hi, everybody. Welcome again to the behavioral corner, the podcast that is uh, well, it's about everything because everything winds up affecting our behavioral health. Uh, it's all brought to us uh, with the financial cooperation of our underwriters, Retreat Behavioral Health, and we've got some messages about them down the road. Today, we're going to take a look at something we've touched upon in the past, many times in the past, something that, while near to most of us, is certainly not dear to us, and that is uh, adversity. We we all have our share of adversity. Today, we're going to be helped, seriously, in uh, not so much merely uh, facing adversity, but embracing it. At least that's what our guest, Dr. Cindy Howard, is here to explain to us. Dr. Cindy is uh, off the bat a board-certified chiropractic internist as well as a nutritionist. She is the author of a forthcoming uh, memoir entitled Positively Altered, Finding Happiness in the Bottom of a Chemo Bag. And you should look for that. That'll be coming along. Uh, Dr. Cindy, thanks for joining us on The Corner. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's begin to see if my premise is correct. It's possible to not merely face adversity, but as you put it, embrace it, right? Absolutely. We can't avoid it. It's going to come if it hasn't already. And I'm sure it has for for probably everybody listening in one way or another. And I think the the true gift is acknowledging the fact that it's going to show up and figuring out how to walk through it and get on the other side of it and find the gifts in it. I'm sure that you'll uh, bring to bear your you know, background, your medical background uh, when answering some of these questions, but we should begin at the beginning. And I think the def- sort of the defining uh, challenge you faced with regard to adversity was a cancer diagnosis, correct? Correct. So almost nine years ago, uh, I woke up one day with two lovely bumps sticking out of my neck, wondering what those could possibly be. And sometimes being a physician, that's awfully dangerous, right? Because we know a little too much sometimes, maybe sometimes not enough, but um, I was concerned and I didn't feel sick. And I was waiting for the illness to pop in to explain the lymph nodes that were protruding from my neck. Well, that never really happened. So, you know, to abbreviate the story, I wound up sending myself for some blood work and some scans and eventually led to the diagnosis of Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it was that diagnosis that can be either very scary in a good way or very scary in a bad way. And I chose the good path. Did you choose that because of your medical background or did you choose that because that's your nature? What do you think? I think both. I think the medical background was really important because I knew there were certain things that I could do. And I was very confident in that ability to overcome a diagnosis. We do that every day in the practice. We help people get on the other side of those things. So I'm grateful for that background. But I also think it really was was attitude. Um, There's a lot of physicians that walk down the rabbit hole in a very negative way when it happens to us. It's very easy to be up for other people. But when it comes to yourself, sometimes that can be a bit more challenging. So taking the self-prescribed advice of, you know, looking at things in a positive manner and trying to find the upside was really important for me to get through this. Yeah, let's talk about that because it's easier said than done. Some people by their very nature see the glass as 
half full, others, of course, half empty. If you find yourself on that, I used to, I like to call them crepe hanger side. You know, if you are by nature a black drapes person, right, uh, and you're given a cancer diagnosis, right, your immediate attention is going to be drawn to the dark side, right? Right, but we have to remember you can open the drapes. So any analogy you give, right, we can turn that around and we can leave them closed or we can open them up. And I'm going to tell all of you, sometimes the glass isn't even half full. It needs to be like 90% full, right? We need to get there in order to, to really lift ourselves out of something that can be very doom and gloom. Now, that being said, I, you know, it's not all roses all the time, right? I do believe that we're allowed to have those sort of self-pity moments. Why me? How come? And ask those questions, but I think if we relate those back to the dark drapes, as you say it, they, they need to stay closed for a very short period of time. And then we need to open them for the rest. Mm-hmm. How important is it for you and for us in general to first recognize what kind of person we are? Here is this thing that's occurred. OK, you have cancer. Like I said, your attention is grabbed. Uh, how important is it? I mean, yeah, you be, you're mobilized immediately or ought to be. But how important is it to first go, OK, what kind of person am I? How do I handle this? Did you go through that? You seem um, like an action-oriented person. I, I am, and, and maybe not so much for me because the adversity had hit me even before the diagnosis. I was going through a horrible divorce. My mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. We just lost, you know, our dog to pancreatic cancer. I mean, like it was just, I was falling down the stairs, you know, two at a time. So I think with my own diagnosis, I was kind of ready to take it on. But at the same time, it is important to know who we are and how we operate and how we succeed because nobody is going to be me and I'm not going to be anybody else, right? And the recognition Mm -hmm. of of what our skill set is and what we bring is really important so that we can figure out how to address those things when they show up. You mentioned that cancer made absolutely outrageous number of visits to your life. Do you think that much adversity gets you better at dealing with it or or is there a danger that it will just wear you down? I mean, it's like a muscle, isn't it? You, you know, the more you exercise it, the better you get at it. Right. And I guess I would look at it that way. If, if adversity keeps throwing itself at your front door, maybe there's a reason. Maybe maybe that's to teach us that there's a better way to walk through. And we keep getting those challenges over and over until we get it right. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's how I look at things, right? Is it Maybe I didn't learn the lesson the first time around. So I got another shot at it. You know, I'd love to share something with you. A very good friend of mine challenged me with something when I first came across the diagnosis. And I sat down and I had lunch with her and I said, I said, you're Wendy, I have cancer. And she said, no, you don't. And I said, no, yes, I do. I mean, I have the piece of paper to prove it. You know, I have the diagnosis. I have the the biopsy. Mm -hmm. I have cancer. And she said, no, you don't have cancer. She said, stop owning it. Stop using the word have. Um, You know, you're owning that word at that point. She said, walk through it. She said, you're going to experience cancer. And it was a very profound way of looking at adversity, right? Again, we're all going to have it regardless of how significant we perceive it to be. But if we choose to walk through it rather than have it, it was a very different perspective for me. And that's what really helped me was the words. I didn't want to give the words the power that sometimes we give them. I took the power away from the diagnosis and was able to walk through it. And by that, you mean, I think, it's easier to embrace or walk through adversity if you begin at a different place than crisis, uh, disease, uh, and when to challenge 
you know, and, and motivation. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's, is that what you mean? Cause some people are sitting going, how do you walk through cancer? You know? <laughs> right. It's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. It's perspective. right? And I think it does come down to those words, right? So we've created an environment in today's society where there are certain words that have a very negative connotation. And I wish we could change that truly. Right. And, and alter the energy that we give some of those words, because there are lots of us take cancer, for example, that get on the other side of it and use it as a learning experience and, and don't let it take over in a way that can be, you know, ultimately detrimental or harmful. And I get it. Some people, look, there are some people that won't survive that activity, right? Or that diagnosis, mm-hmm. just like many other things in our life. <clears throat> but a lot of us really can't overcome that. So to take a scary word like that and pull away its power, I think is a really great first step. Yeah. And so, you know what? I got this. Yeah. I can do yeah. this. We're fortunate in that cancer has moved from, you know, almost an automatic death sentence to something more widely uh, treatable and survivable. Let me ask you about something like the language, because I agree with you. What may look like, oh, and I hate this, uh, wokeness run amok and all that stuff. Words have power. Words have power. If you if you call someone um, who is on has a serious substance abuse problem, a, a junkie. You are reducing them immediately, whether you're aware of it or not. So words have power. Uh, let me let me ask you about cancer survivor. How do you feel about that phrase? I mean, you obviously have survived cancer. You identify as a cancer survivor. Well, I don't I don't list it as a pronoun. So, you know, <laughs> I haven't quite gotten to that level yet. I think we survive life. I mean, every day we've survived something. You know, is my story any more important because there was a big scary word attached to it than somebody else's? I don't think so. So I don't know. I don't know that we need to elevate ourselves in that capacity either. I'm very proud of the journey I walked through. I'm very proud of the choices. I'm excited to share that with people, you know, to hopefully inspire and encourage people to look at things maybe a little bit differently than they have before. But no, I don't typically walk around and go, oh, you know, I'm a Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor. I mean, I guess if the opportunity comes up, that word, because it's sort of mainstay, but mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't walk around touting that. Um, and, be, and before we move on to some other areas of embracing adversity, you are 10 years into the process and, and now for all practical purposes, you have you're, you're cured, right? Correct. So Hodgkin's lymphoma is deemed curable at that five-year mark, which I've surpassed, which is great. You know, that's the other thing I think is I, I wish, I have to stop using the word wish too. That's sort of an empty promise, right? Um, I would love to change that aspect too of the time frame that we put on some of these things. Really, it's not up to anybody. Um, there's n- nothing to say that I won't face another health challenge that may come on top of this one. There's nothing to say that just because somebody told me it was five years, that's really true. I mean, blood work looks good. I feel amazing. You know, there's no signs, but we put these labels on things that I think also are very detri- detrimental from a mental aspect, right? Because we mm-hmm. use them mm-hmm. as a place of either success or not success. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's more on how we feel every day. Sure. I mean, beyond the obviously, uh, great news that you're healthy. The other benefit seems to me would be to go, well, that doesn't mean the end of adversity. It just means <laughs> I dealt with that one. And when the Correct. next one comes along, Correct. I'll deal with that one. I'm much better trained at this point. You know what? I'm sure that you, you can be confident that the next thing coming along, you'll at least not get blindsided by it, right? Okay, here it comes. Dr. Sidney uh, Howard is our guest. She's about to publish a book. In fact, the, I guess the Kindle versions are 
available already on Amazon? Well, you can pre-order the the ebook version. The book will drop on September 12th. Positively Altered, uh, Finding Happiness in the Bottom of a Chemo Bag. It's 34 life stories that Dr. Cindy has uh, put together to demonstrate, you know, surviving life. It's an interesting way to put it, surviving life. This thing is laced with um, humor and you because you think that's critical. Tell, tell us why. I do. You know, I, I learned a long time ago to laugh out loud and to laugh at myself. And I find that that laughter is, is part of the health journey. It's a great way to look at things without being too serious. And, and it keeps me in the right perspective versus, you know, victim mode. It keeps me in sort of that comedian mode. And I think it's a really healthy place to sit, at least for me. We say humor and, and we're, uh, we're, I think you mean in a broader sense and I, I can tell a joke, uh, <laughs> but it's an, it's an attitude about adversity that allows you to see the, and this is the word I keep coming back to, the kind of ludicrous nature of it, you know? <laughs> right. How did, right. first of all, cancer's ludicrous, mm-hmm. right? It's insane that <laughs> your body should be getting turning on you, right? It's like crazy. Right. So if you can't uh, sort of understand how ridiculous that is, it's really going to be much more difficult to to fight it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just a bad joke. I don't know. Well, it, it, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. But, you know, you know this. And I, the whole thing's a joke. I mean, the idea that we all know how it ends, no matter what shape we're in, we all know the end of the story is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> well, it is. But I think, you know, that's the fun part. And, and I get a lot of pushback when I say I made cancer fun. People look at me like I've lost my mind. Right. right. But I think that's that's my path is whether today is my last day or I've got 50 more years left, it's to enjoy that journey on the way there. Yeah, right. I mean, I, it does sound, you know, sort of flippant and dismissive, but it's not. It's a deeply, I think it's a deeply important thing that you you bring up here about humor and the right attitude. Um, I know you. Uh, cognitive behavior theory is boiled down to its essence: change the way you think, and you will change the way you behave. When you give people advice, do you live by that notion? I do. I'm very big on what we call "I am" statements, and I do this in my personal life and in my practice. And it is to become what we believe, right? I am beautiful. I am smart. I am sexy. I am intelligent. I am healthy. I am whatever it is I am. And some days I might not really be those things, but it's what we tend to believe. And and that ownership of the I ams are what help create the change in our attitude. What are the nature of the 34 stories? Is each story about an adverse situation that you overcame? What are a couple of examples of the stories? Yeah, not necessarily. So they came from a journal I kept as I was walking through Hodgkin's lymphoma. And some of it was about treatment and some of it's about health. And some of it is just, as you say, ridiculousness on uncertain topics. So one story I talk about my two martini accident, which happens to be my oldest daughter. Uh, I could, yeah, yeah. And when she found out she was an accident, you know, the boys gave her, I have two boys too. They gave her a pretty hard time, but she was a great accident. And, you know, the story goes where I was about dancing on the bar, holding my third martini and my husband at the time, he's now my ex-husband, but my husband at the time said, come on, we're going home, which was probably a really smart move. But, you know, of course, led to the pregnancy of my oldest child, who is just a gift, Um, you know, and, and the story of how that goes. And again, how sometimes things don't always happen the way you predict them, but yet they can turn into these wonderful, beautiful things you know, at the end, even if it wasn't planned. Yeah. So there, there's all kinds of stories like that that don't necessarily have to do with my walk through cancer. 
Right. That's what I wanted to bring up, because you you also bring to this your work as a uh, internist, a chiropractic internist, and, and a nutritionist. I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about that work. Do you believe that we are what we eat? I do. I always joked that 80% of my patient population would go away if we ate really well. The problem is, is we're no longer eating food, right? We're eating adulterated product that can live in your pantry for you know a couple of years with a long expiration date. And we, we start to feed ourselves chemicals and additives and, and food that was really altered in some way, shape or form. The body has to learn how to handle that. And over time, you know, it's an assault. So, you know, if, if at the age of two, you assaulted yourself enough, the body's really strong enough to combat that. But when we start entering our thirties, forties, you know, eighties, nineties, depending on who you are, you know, eventually the body gives up and things start to change and we lose the battle. So we've got to take care of that environment and food is the number one place to start. Yeah, that's a great uh, great point to bring up at this point about the body changing over uh, over the years and recognizing that it's the long way around talking about aging. And um, we do that, it. That aging is, is 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 if if adversity is a real thing, there's a, a short con, a short adversity, the length of time it takes you to overcome a specific thing, and then there's the long con. And the long adversity con is we're all getting older. We are. And embracing the idea of aging and recognizing your body. You talk about eating well. What are some other daily things we can do not to fight off old age, but to manage it? Right. We can't fight it. We're going to do it. I haven't figured out yet how to stop that process. I think they're well, trying. Oh, no, there's a way to stop. Intelligence, but so there, there's a way to stop. Uh, there's a way of stopping aging. And most of those people are dead. But I mean, oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> OK, that fair point. Fair point. Yeah. I, I, well, I think there's a lot of things we can do. Right. But I do think one of it is it starts with our, our mental activity. And that is where people say, oh, well, you know, I'm getting older, so I just have to accept it. I actually think that's the number one mistake. I do think we change as we get older. That doesn't mean we have to accept the changes. We can do something to facilitate, right, an ulterior path. And then there's the standard, you know, answers you hear all over the place. You've got to get adequate sleep and you have to do some really good intentional breathing. And I think you should drink water and not monster drinks and coffee and all of those other beverages that we truly don't need, right? And it's relationships. It's really nourishing that time during the day to have valuable relationships. And it's some of those basic things that if we walk through every single day, at the end of the day, we go, wow, I really made some great choices. I had a lot of fun doing it. I feel great, you know, with with those aspects of our day. And I think that can combat that sort of feeling of, wow, we're just really getting older and deteriorating. We keep circling back to the notion that the uh, our attitude and the way we think is as critically important as what we eat and uh, the doctor's advice that we listen to and the exercises that we perform. And that's all true. But all that process begins in making the decision to do all that stuff, right? It Um, is a conscious decision, right? To wake up your day and start over. You know, I I have a, a practice that I follow, which I actually really love and has served me very well. And that is at night when I lay down and I go to sleep, I kind of just give a cursory review of my day. And sometimes that's 10 seconds and sometimes it's, you know, a long time. And I think, how did I do? And what I love about that exercise is at the end of the day, if I'm really happy with my choices, close my eyes, I go to sleep, I get a good night's sleep. And if I think back and I go, wow, I really made a wrong decision here. I said something I shouldn't have said to somebody there. The beauty of that is I wake up the next day and I you know, get to do it all over again. And maybe there's an apology to give or a different choice to make. 
And it's like a restart mm-hmm. every day. We, we mm-hmm. get a do-over. And that's a beautiful thing, too, to change, even if we don't get it perfect. And this last point about aging and accepting that and managing it, because it can be can be uh, adversarial, it is. <laughs> um, the, the phenomenon that I believe to be widespread is uh, people of a certain age who, no matter how they actually feel, oh, I, I'm achy in the morning, or oh, I can't play tennis anymore. Most of us still go, I don't feel this. I mean, I in my head, I don't feel this old. It's an amazing uh, phenomenon. Shows how strong the mind is, right? It is. And then I think we have to turn around, and just build the team to help us with those things that we feel are getting in our way. Because there's always something that can be done. You just never stop looking. Uh, uh, Cindy Howard, let, let me fi- finally ask you this, because how could we not talk about the pandemic in terms of uh, adversity uh, for years? And we're still at the lingering stages of uh, the effects of the pandemic. Are you comfortable giving us, us, and I mean the people that, in your experience and what you've observed, a grade for at the end of the day, how well you think as a society we handle this incredible uh, adversity? Wow. Um you set me up here for a little bit of, you know, challenge because, you know, my first thought is an F because I think there are definitely things that we could have done a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there are a lot of us within that society that actually got an A. And I think that, you know, we worked on relationships and we challenged ourselves to maybe work a little harder on ourselves. And we looked at the things that maybe we could do better. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there were there were two grades to be given depending on who you are. I, mm-hmm. I hate to lump all of society into that failure category. What I love, though, about the failure category is I think it's a great opportunity to figure out what we needed to learn from it because history repeats itself. And you know what? We're going to do it again somewhere, somehow, some way. And hopefully those of us that realize we failed in certain aspects will look at that as an opportunity to do it differently. Well, if you'd like more um, sort of ammunition to prepare yourself for the next uh thing, whatever it is, you could do no worse than Dr. Cindy Howard. We thank her for her time. Her book coming out is called Positively Altered, Finding Happiness in the Bottom of a Chemo Bag. Cindy has some great YouTube videos. Just Google her her name, Dr. Cindy Howard. You'll see her talk about more about nutrition and stuff like that. And what's the website? DrCindySpeaks.com. So D-R-C-I-N-D-Y Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. Uh, speaks at, uh, oh, I'm sorry, no, Howard, I was giving you a combo of two websites. Let's do that again, drcindyspeaks.com. Okay. See, see, see what happens when you start talking about adversity? You, you get the website wrong, right? You, you so wind up getting the we'll website. Get it right. But yeah, check, check it out. You can follow me and subscribe to the newsletter, see what's going on in my world. Thanks again, Cindy. We appreciate your time and hope to have you back on the corner real soon. We'd love that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, take care, y'all, as well. Don't forget, you know how to do it. Like us, follow us. Chase us, review us, uh, just don't ignore us. The Behavioral Corner, we'll catch you next time. Retreat Behavioral Health has proudly been serving the community for over 10 years. Here at Retreat, we believe in the power of connection and quality care. We offer comprehensive, holistic, and compassionate treatment from industry-leading experts. Call 855-802-6600 or visit us at www.retreatbehavioralhealth.com to begin your journey today. That's it for now. 
And make us a habit, hanging out at the Behavioral Corner. And when we're not hanging, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, on the Behavioral Corner.